Morning! This is The Economy Guy by Tom Harvey. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics. And this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them. And occasionally, my opinion. I want this to be educational for yourself so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy. Welcome. Sunday, June the 7th, and this is The Economy Guy, Tom Harvey. And I'm going to do a very different show today. I'm not going to talk about all the stock market changes and all the other commodity changes that are happening. Why? It's because I was wrong. And I want to admit it. Fall on my sword right here. I said there would not be a V-shaped recovery. And I was wrong because there is a V-shaped stock market recovery going on. Of course, the uh, normal economy will not be a V-shaped recovery. It's not coming back anytime soon. But the stock market has. And why has it? Well, big shock. The jobs report came out and said we have an improvement of 2.5 million new jobs. We expected to lose 1.8 million, but we got plus 2.5 million. The unemployment rate came in at 13.3% for May, right? That's up. That's better than a 14.7% in April. Now, because we expected 19% in May, but we got 13.3%. I mean, it's time to celebrate. Time to move the stock market up. What happened to those... Millions of people every week that were going on unemployment benefits. It's about two million a week that was happening throughout May. Did they disappear? I don't know. See, this just didn't compute to me. I read this and I said, what the world's going? This is crazy. (sighs) Well, uh, you know, did the number of permanently unemployed people suddenly increase? I mean, that's one way to fudge the numbers on the unemployment rate. And then there is the footnote. Oh, my goodness. You see, there was a footnote on the jobs report way down at the bottom. And it said that they had a little uh, problem. There was an accounting error in, that's going on in the jobs report. And the accounting error is around 3 million people. Anyway, it's a large number. Anyway, and they're trying to fix it. They're, someday there's going to get it fixed. And they're trying hard to get it fixed. But... Those the problem it hasn't been kind of worked its way into the numbers yet, but it will be. Uh, incidentally, if the number if the the problem had worked its way in the numbers, the unemployment rate would have been three percent worse. So that was kind of part of the big deal. I mean, but it's this really didn't compute. So what's going on right now? I mean, look, stock market is a V-shaped recovery, right? Did you know that the S&P is just 3% below its maximum? Even more importantly, did you know the NASDAQ, that's all the technical stocks, is 8% more than it was at the beginning of this uh, mess? It's That's crazy. That Does that make sense to you? I mean... Today, we are in the worst recession we've had since the 1930s. That's a fact. 
The Fed has gone crazy printing money, doing their thing, all of their dozens of programs, multi-letter programs, right? And we're uh, having some crazy unrest going out there too, right? But the stock market is coming back like gangbusters. Uh, The term that comes to me is called irrational exuberance. So stay tuned. We're going to have a a terrific time here. We're going to talk about Europe and the U.S. economy, but I'm going to have a very special thing to talk about the virus just for you. Stay tuned. Our cousins over in Europe right now, it's uh, a lot of fun over there. The European Central Bank came out with a surprise. They're going to purchase 1.35 trillion euros that's about a one and a half trillion dollars worth of stuff, bonds mostly. Uh, and they're going to be doing it at the rate of about 125 billion euros a month for a long time. Who knows if they'll ever stop? Oh, that's European quantitative easy easing. They've got to keep up with the states, right? Because we're doing it. They have to do it. How about Germany? What's going on there? This is kind of an interesting one. Did you know that the U.S. is going to pull out 3,500 troops, that's mostly army, out of Germany? And uh, and that will have an effect on the uh, small towns where these troops live. Because so, these are in not in the big cities like Frankfurt. This is out in the countryside. Those of you who know uh, NATO and uh, U.S. troops and the U.S. presence in Germany will understand the effect this is going to have, and the importance. And this is a shift that's going on, and it's a shift, really, from understanding that there is a Russian menace, because that was the purpose of all of that there. It was, you know, first it was, hey, we won the Second World War, and now we'll have troops stationed, and all the nations did. But then it turned into a, we've got to stop the Russian menace. Well, there is no Russian, big Russian menace to worry about there. We don't have to worry about the tanks coming across anymore. We now have to worry about the Chinese. And that is a shift that's going on. Let's move on to Poland. Poland is going to hold some elections, national elections, on June the 28th. So that's coming up. And President Duda, that's an interesting name, is um, he, he's holding a slight lead in the polls. You see, and he's a conservative and he... Uh, runs the Law and Justice Party, is what it's called. I guess that's a translation from the Polish, because I don't speak Polish. And you see, Poland is a a thorn in the side of the EU, and if he wins, it will continue to be a thorn. So I, I would imagine there'll be some EU interference in that election, or strong words at the very least. Let's move over the the La Manche. Let's go across the channel to the UK. Well, uh... Did you know the UK is offering 3 million Hong Kong citizens residency in the UK? <coughs> Come on over to the UK and live here. <coughs> and that they've been doing that because uh, the uh, you see the, the Beijing uh, reneged on a deal that they signed with the UK back in 1997 on Hong Kong. And uh, they're writing some laws and they're going to take over control of Hong Kong. So... Um, Hong Kong's losing Hong Kong territory is losing its autonomy that it used to have, and uh, and the U.S. is speaking up about it. But that was interesting to have the U.K. actually do something like that, which is 
I might add, a, a different than their official policy on immigration. So, I mean, oh, so it must be a special case. Okay, on to Spain. Spain is a neat place. That's a nice place to go. Did you know that um, during this last week, there was a day when they had zero deaths, deaths from the virus? Yes, zero in a 24-hour period. And that was one of the big, big problems in uh, Europe was Spain. I mean, it was one of the big virus areas. Um, and here's an interesting statistic that has come out of Spain, because I've been asking this question for a long time about viruses. It said that the number of viruses during this period that we've had the virus, so it must be about three months, four months, is, um, is up 155% over what was normal in 1997 for the same period. I've, I've asked for those comparisons, you know, so it's... So that says that the uh, the virus was significant. Uh, the number of deaths is, is up significantly there, 155%. Okay. Um, that's it for right now. I will come back and talk about the U.S. economy for a short time. But remember, this big deal on the virus is coming. The U.S economy. What's going on in the U.S. economy? Well, not a lot this last week. I mean, other than the jobs report, and we've talked about that, which was the big deal. Okay. Uh, what it, let's talk about James Ballard. There's an interesting person. James Ballard is the president of the St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank. So he's a person of authority and power. I mean, he's in the know, right? And this is a direct quote of what he said this last week. You will get business failures on a grand scale, end of quote. And he was talking about in the environment of this virus, so I mean right now. So I've talked about in the past the, the various companies, and I've listed them mostly uh, uh, commercial retail stores that are going out of business, right? They're all doing Chapter 11s. Uh, that's only the beginning, uh, and we've had some energy com companies too. I would expect energy companies to be in deep trouble, and I would expect a lot more bankruptcies coming. And when somebody in that position in the Federal Reserve says it, you should listen. I certainly am. Okay, now let's talk about what else is going on, and because this, this is kind of an interesting measure, it's a ho hum as far as I'm concerned, but it's. The, uh, let's talk about imports and exports. In March, we have the official figures from March. Imports were down 13.7%. That's a huge percentage. And exports were down 20.5%. That's a huge drop in exports. Gives you a feeling of what this is. And um, naturally, uh, well, and, and as part of that, the deficit, the, uh, the, the amount that... Uh, the Chinese sell compared to Chinese buy, uh, in, increased. So that problem got worse. But I, I think you have to ignore that, given the fact that the virus is really affecting it. And, uh, but my question is, well, where the heck is the April and May figures? What, what takes so darn long to count up imports and exports? I mean, it, is it, does it really take a couple of months? I guess it does, because April and May has to be worse than these figures, and these figures were an absolute disaster. So it's just another marker of how bad the economy is out there. Uh, 
and and don't don't underestimate it. I mean, you're seeing it yourself, and uh, hopefully, it's not affecting you too badly. So stay tuned, and up is coming the special on the virus. Let's talk about the virus. I want to talk about the direct direct effects of the virus, and then secondary effects of the virus. The direct effects are naturally the deaths that the virus are causing, and the secondary effects are uh, fear. There's a definite fear of the virus and the economic impacts. So let's start with the direct effects. There's good news. The good news is that if you're under 50 and healthy, you're in really good shape. The odds of you dying from this virus are about the same as the odds of you dying in a car accident. So take that for what it's worth. I think that's really good news. Now, what's the bad news? If you live in a long-term care facility, you're in deep trouble. In fact, I'd say get the heck out. Um, You have about a 1 in 100 chance of dying if you live in a long-term care facility. That's the odds that are going on in the States right now. Um, But in addition to the long-term care facility people, People who are truly at risk here are people that have uncontrolled high blood pressure or have an obese problem. Obesity is, they have obesity, that's not good. Or they have an autoimmune disease. Those also are people in deep trouble. So they have to really watch themselves. Now, I think you know and I know how to take care of yourself and how to take care of others in this environment of the virus. And I recommend, strongly recommend, that you do that. So, washing your hands, wearing the mask to protect others. Uh, It helps you a little, but it helps others a lot. Okay, let's talk about the secondary effects. First of all, there's the economic, you know, the 40 million people that became unemployed. But I'm not going to go into that in detail, because that's what the economy guy is all about anyway, and you've heard about that in detail. Let's talk about the other secondary effects. Secondary effects, these are unanticipated consequences, right? Well, there's secondary medical effects that have happened. There has been an increase in the number of suicides in the United States. Uh, There's a big increase in opioid use, a big increase in alcohol use. Sales are up 25% during this period. Uh, And tobacco use, that's an interesting one. That's up 10%. Those are all not good for the health of Americans and certainly contributes to deaths. you know, when someone has a stroke, they go to the hospital, they're evaluated, and if, if they indeed had a stroke, they have immediate response and uh, they can help because the sooner you uh, treat a stroke, the better. Well, did you know that the number of people being evaluated for strokes is during this period is down 40%? That means that's a huge number of people not getting evaluated. That's not good. Did you know that there are 650,000 chemo patients, people getting chemotherapy in the United States today, 650,000. And did you know that half of those people are not doing their treatments during this time? There's a fear problem and an accessibility problem. That's not good, certainly if you're in the medical profession. Uh, Okay, Uh, let's see what else here. Did you know that uh, about 150,000 New cancer diagnoses are uh, happen every month. 
in other words, somebody goes in, don't know they have cancer or, or they have something wrong and they're diagnosed with cancer for the first time, a new cancer. Well, these people, these 150,000 people per month are not being seen by doctors. That's not good. No. no. Uh, oh, you know, um, here's, there are patients that are waiting for donations from a dying patient that's called a... Uh, a living donor transplants that happen. Well, there's an 85% reduction in living donor transplants going on. So those people are probably dying uh, that are not getting it. Sad, very sad. Those are unanticipated consequences. You bet. Now, a vaccine is probably highly likely coming along. It's It's coming. Yeah, it, it will be here by the end of the year or early next year or something. Eh, that's, nobody knows. There's a lot of testing that's needed, et cetera, et cetera. But stay tuned. There's a vaccine coming. You can bet there's some. There's 100 companies going to do it. One of them is going to hit it, right? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I think everybody knows that a virus mutates over time. Okay, it's like any living cell kind of things, they, they mutate. Talk to Darwin about this. I think Darwin understands this better than most. And uh, and I've read that there are uh, today many different versions of the COVID-19 virus out there because they've mutated different places, different times. And, uh, and in fact, I've read that the... Uh, the current viruses that are out there are becoming less effective. And that's a, that's a traditional way. That's the normal way that a virus mutates. It becomes less potent over time. It dies out. That's another way people talk about viruses. They, they go, why? Because they die out, not because people die out or let, nobody has it anymore. Um, in fact, uh, that's a recent report from the University of Pittsburgh has stated that. That's happening in the United States. And the, a viral expert doctor from the, uh, Unib the uh, Milan Hospital, that was a real hotspot, uh, has come out and said that. Uh, so that's kind of interesting to hear the authorities coming out and say, hey, th this virus isn't a big deal anymore. So that's what they're seeing. And if uh, we have a bunch of different viruses out there and we have a vaccine coming along, I'll just plant this little thought. Wh which one of the viruses is the vaccine going to cure? Hmm. Uh, if they're different, golly, uh, I don't, I don't know. But uh, so, what advice do I have for everyone out there? And that is education, education. Stay tuned. Protect yourself by all means, especially if you're in a high risk position. Especially then, if you're in a low risk position, the economy needs your help. Uh, so, make your own decisions, but. Keep educated on this. And I look forward to talking to you again next week. So long. This is The Economy Guy. Thanks for joining me. And be sure to hit the subscribe button to get future podcasts. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor myself, not a financial advisor. So understand that nothing in this podcast should be construed as advice or a solicitation to trade in any market, and that I disclaim any responsibility from any negative effects of decisions made by people.